Welcome to Divorce Talk with Nicola Beer, a show dedicated to creating change and emotional healing for executives, professionals, and expats in the various stages of marriage breakdown and divorce. Discover insightful strategies to better manage your personal affairs and learn secrets to creating more happiness, love, and success in your life today. Hi and welcome, this is Nicola Beer, and today I'm going to be talking about criticism because I don't believe there's any such thing as constructive criticism when it comes to close relationships. And I don't actually think there's any room for criticism in a marriage, and I'm going to explain why in a minute and what you can do to remove criticism in a positive way from your relationship. So let's just be clear. Criticism kills passion, kills love and kills closeness. Just the same way that self-criticism diminishes self-esteem, confidence and overall happiness. Even in business surveys and statistical data, they show that frequent criticism is often attributed and responsible for Millions of employee sick days, job dissatisfaction, resignations, which in turn, as you would expect, leads to a decrease in productivity and profits. Ongoing criticism between parents and children can lead to a lot of built-up resentment, rebellion, rows and long-term fallout. I grew up with a lot of criticism from my mum. Uh, It wasn't her fault because she has mental illness and she she had a breakdown but she was very critical I had a lot of resentment towards her and even though she may not have known it was affecting me later on in my life until I cleared everything and, and got rid of that so criticism is dangerous and it's damaging I've seen many times the damaging effect that frequent criticism can have in a relationship in a marriage and to a person where an individual loses complete sense of who they are and their happiness. And I wanted to share some insights and a new way of expressing complaints and moving away from criticism. This is especially important if you're married to someone, if you're in a relationship with someone, or if you yourself are someone who really values and needs words of affirmation, admiration, appreciation as it's a criticism, is the opposite of what you need. And it's likely that you will want to distance yourself, seek attention outside, and even dread seeing that kind of person. Another mistake, equally as hurtful as the criticism, can be when one in a relationship states, you're oversensitive, or don't be so emotional, or you're overreacting. And whilst you may believe that they are oversensitive or attracted, you know, um, overreacting, it really exasperates the problem. It never solves anything. Telling someone that they're being over-emotional, overreacting, they're too sensitive, is never going to get them to say, oh, do you know what, you're right. Because if they are in an emotional state, they're feeling that. And they're thinking like that. And so anything you say is just going to add fire to the argument It's like pouring petrol onto a fire as well because the pain will flame up inside them and marriage experts have shown and even you would know this with with common sense that if you start an argument or if you start a discussion negatively, if you start a discussion by telling someone that they shouldn't feel the way they feel or criticising them for, for even having the emotions that are coming up to your criticism, 
it's never going to go well. You're never going to have a good, peaceful result where both of you think, oh, this is, this is positive. So this is really important. And also important is self-criticism. Because if you're not even criticising someone, but they're taking it critically, because they are their own biggest critic, and their self-criticism is playing a role, then self-criticism can also damage the relationship. It can damage the ability to receive love. It can damage the ability to see things as they are. So this is also really important. So I'm going to be talking about criticism in relationships, and then I'm going to be talking about self-criticism in relationships. And we need to look at and judge ourselves that, is this an area that I could change? Is this an area that I need to be aware of? And start making changes. Because how we react to others and treat others has a lot to do with our own belief systems, our own issues, our own past history. And so we need to recognise if we would need to work on ourselves as well. Now, let me just say, I am a realist. I offer practical strategies in the coaching that I do. And I recognise that you will always have some complaints about a person you live with. That's inevitable. In fact, it would be pretty strange if you didn't. But there's a huge difference between a complaint and a criticism. The difference is how much damage it does to the relationship and the person. A complaint focuses on a specific behaviour or event. It does not attack the person's character or personality. For example, I'm really annoyed that you didn't clear up the living room after you last night. We agreed we would do it after ourselves. Could you please do it now? That's a complaint. Like many complaints, it has three parts. Part one, here is how I feel. I feel annoyed in that example. Part two, a specific action, inaction or situation clearing up the living room in that example and part three here is what I need you to do now so you give an example of what you want them to do or what they need to do instead what you want or prefer them to do so in this example it was could you do it now so listen to the three parts when I say it again I'm really annoyed that you didn't clear up the living room after you last night we agreed to do it ourselves could you please do it now see it has three parts And a criticism would be, in contrast, something that expresses negative feelings, judgments, opinions about the other's personality, character or intent. So in this example it would be, why are you always so forgetful? You never do anything and I hate having to clear up after you all the time. You just don't care. So you can see that's a judge on their character, it's a judge on their intent and it's attacking their personality. Three very common forms of criticism are the use of saying always, never, all. And also, be careful to avoid the statement, what's wrong with you? Any complaint can be turned into a criticism when you say, what's wrong with you? At the beginning of the end of the statement. So now I'm going to give you some more examples, just so we can get into the swing of this. And as always, this will be on my blog, which is www.purepeacecoaching.com. So if you like this episode, or you want to read it rather than listen to it, just go there and you'll find it. And it's called No Room for Criticism in Relationships.
So, here's an example. Complaint. I wish you told me earlier that you were too tired to make love. I'm disappointed and a little frustrated, I guess. Please let me know next time when you're not in the mood. I'm fine with a no. So that's a complaint. A criticism would be, Why are you always so cold and selfish? It's not fair to leave me on. What's wrong with you? Maybe you need help. And by the way, these examples are things that happen quite frequently in the stories and and the people's lives that I work with. And I try and help. So I'm using these examples because maybe you, you may be able to relate to some of these. Okay, here's another complaint. I get scared when you drive fast. Please can you drive slower? There are so many idiots on the road, it makes me feel uncomfortable. A criticism would be, You're driving like a maniac again. Why are you so aggressive? Gonna get us killed. I cannot stand you driving. You just don't think you care about us at all, do you? And my final example of a complaint is, I feel like you're not interested in me anymore. When you come home, you're always on your phone, your laptop, or watching TV. I'd love it if you spent more time with me first. Or that we went out and did something together. I'd like us to interact and share more. Criticism. Everything and everyone else comes before me. I'm always last on your list. Why are you so selfish? Always got your head buried in that laptop, TV or phone. You make me feel so crap and so insignificant. What is wrong with you? If you're hearing echoes of yourself in these, you're not alone. Criticisms are very common in relationships. We see and hear criticisms everywhere. If you think about it, all the sitcoms, the movies, TV shows, comedy shows, they're normally about the man being sarcastic and criticising the woman, the woman being sarcastic or criticising the man. And it's, it becomes part of what we say to each other, but we just need to be careful because... If you we're doing criticising or if we're being sarcastic and we're moaning about someone's behaviour or, the, or them because we or moaning about their character, personality or intent, normally we're actually doing that is because we want change in their behaviour. We're hoping for change. So for an example, the first example I gave, making love. So you're, you're hoping by criticising them, if you're attacking them, like why is it cold and selfish, you're hoping that they're going to, all of a sudden say, you know what, you're right, let's make love, or I'll change and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I'll be more open, I'll be... But criticism gives the opposite result. It makes someone want to be a million miles away from you. So it's not going to get you the result you want. In the times of criticising in a car, I've seen and I've heard myself and, and through my coaching where... People have criticised someone's driving and then they've drawn, driven even more erratic. Or they've been completely stupid and they've gone, right, okay, and they drive at a snail pace just to make a point. Again, it doesn't get what you want. The result that you want is safe driving. The criticism doesn't get there. So that's another really way to look at this is there is no room for criticism because it does not add any value. So using the three-part formula, you can learn to start stating complaints instead of criticising. And you may think, will this make much of a difference? But many couples have found that it actually makes a huge difference. Because behaviour can be changed. But when you attack someone's personality, their intent, you cause offence and 
sometimes you you can make them really feel unworthy, inadequate, unloved, which is again obviously not not the re- reaction or not healthy for a relationship. So it's my hope that through this you'll start doing that. So now let's talk about self-criticism. So what if you're not criticizing but it's been interpreted as such? Self-criticism could be sabotaging your relationship in this case. Self-criticism can play a huge role in relationship tension and it can take the form of self-criticism, you know, telling yourself, why did you do this, why did you do that, you shouldn't have done this, you shouldn't have done that, negative self-talk, as well as self-judgment. Ben, who I work with, was never happy with himself or his business. He blamed himself for everything that was not going well in the business And even when they made victories, he failed to celebrate and recognise his achievements. Nothing he did was ever good enough, according to his own high standards, which were impossible, to be honest with you. He gave himself such high standards, and he was always striving to be the best. And yet, even when he got there, and he was the best throughout his life, when he had really achieved a lot, he never even felt it inside. He never felt that he was the best. And this was damaging his relationship because when you're never happy with yourself, how can you be happy in a relationship? How can you be happy in and relax if you're never ever good enough for yourself? And Heber was also hypersensitive for any comment because when someone did criticise him or did make even a complaint, he would overreact because he is so upset and deep inside. But he needs to realise that, someone pointing that out, rarely will help, especially if it's your spouse. Melissa was another person I was working with, and she was a perfectionist, and she was married to Ed, and she's always striving to be perfect in every way possible. When we first discussed her life, she explained how she evaluated herself constantly. Daily, she would rethink what she could have said, thought, or done better, sometimes beating herself up for not being morally or religiously perfect, other times for not having done a good enough job. Any negative comment, complaint or disagreement directed at her would set her off. It set her off because it triggered her own sense of, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I don't deserve it, which was much deeper. And Ed was at the point of despair when he saw me. His wife's sensitivity was driving him away as the whole family felt that they had to walk on eggshells around her. And it's never, as I mentioned, never beneficial to accuse someone of being too sensitive Instead, you need to work on building them up and they need to embark on their own healing journey. Lastly, I'm just going to give you one more example of Debbie, another lady I was working with who wanted to transform her relationship by letting go of her own inner critic. And her inner critic started after her husband had an affair because she began criticising herself heavily on the way she looked, acted and handled the situation. She was angry at herself for not seeing the affair, for not being able to control her emotional eating, for allowing her weight to increase, and for being weak by staying in the marriage. So she couldn't really win. So she was judgmental of herself for staying in the marriage and also judgmental of herself for wanting to leave at a certain time. So she was never comfortable with herself because she'd internalised the affair so much. And that's why I have programmes on helping heal after infidelity, because you do really need to get some support to clear it, 
or you can work through it on your own but you definitely need to de- work on it and people so many people just try to bury it and try to forget it and that really really helps and so just in summary self-criticism can really destroy a relationship just as much as criticism from a spouse can because it blocks love from being received it stops appreciation from being accepted and prevents care from being felt ben debbie melissa the examples i gave you all books my receive love to transform your relationship vip day which i do on skype or i do in person in dubai and actually it was my most popular package because healing a relationship can also start from within and it's ideal for people who berate themselves over what they've done or not done those who strive to be the best perfect or good at everything but yet never recognize or celebrate when they are good enough or when they do do well when they do hit the goals that they achieve, and people who negatively analyse themselves. I know because this more than anyone else, because I used to always criticise myself, and I was a really angry person because I had so much repressed anger from bad things that happened, ex-relationships, my childhood. I turned this anger inward, and I was always attacking myself, telling myself off for eating something, drinking something, saying something. Always looking at time. Have I used time valuable enough? Have I done enough exercise? Did I say the right thing? It was a nightmare being in my head, being totally honest with you. And I'm so happy I'm free of that now. And it took steps to get free, but it's possible. And once you're free of it, if you do, if any of this is resonating to you, life is just magnificent. I can't describe to you the change just that overall feeling of happiness when you wake up. You just feel like jumping out of bed. And it's just an amazing way to live. So if this is affecting you, then definitely look at steps to change it. Whatever you do, whatever coaching or healing or focus you give it, give to it, just do something because it's amazing. And for those of you that are listening thinking, I don't criticise myself, I've never done that. Lucky you, <laughs> that's all I can say. I, I don't know how I ma- managed to live with it for so long or, or how I had it, but it's great to be free of it. So, this is for people who do criticise themselves, who do say to themselves, why did you do this, why did you do that? Here's a little three-step thing you can do. So, number one is focus on complaints, not criticism. So this also involves you. Don't criticise yourself. If you went out last week, got too drunk and made an idiot of yourself, don't criticise you. Don't say you're a terrible person. I feel guilty. I hate you or whatever to yourself. Say that behaviour is not me. That behaviour is not good. I'm not going to do that again. If, for example, last night you ate 100 bags of crisps, obviously you wouldn't do that, but I think that's impossible, I don't know why that came up, but let's say you ate a lot of crisps, let's say you ate something really unhealthy that you're not happy with, and you ate it in a huge amount, telling yourself that you, you're fat, you're ugly, you hate yourself, is not good, because it's attacking you, you need to attack the behaviour. If you were got in a row with your partner last night, and you said some really horrible things, you made threats under your anger, you smashed things, you got really um, worked up inside and said things you really regret. Again, don't attack yourself, 
attack the behavior. Hope that makes sense. So the next things you can do is step two, praise yourself and others. So start admiring and praising yourself and your partner. Make a note of all the things that you or your partner did well. All the things you're pleased with that happened. If you're single, just praise yourself. Nothing is too small. And then share it with your loved one and reward yourself. It's very important to reward ourselves when we're doing well, when we're doing good, when things are going good. Recognising them. Because if we don't recognise the good things, then what's the point? So no matter how small, just recognise things that are, are good and healthy and happy in your life. And then step three is love the things you hate in your partner. So what I mean by this is, and this relates to the complaints as well, if we want to feel more loved ourselves, if we want to feel better about ourselves, then we need to be able to love other people for the things that we dislike in them. So I had one couple and she really disliked the fact that her partner was tight with money and he didn't spend much and he wasn't spending any money on her. And through some coaching, it turned out that she didn't like that about herself as well. And sometimes the things we don't like in our partners or in our friendships or in our children or in our parents are things that we don't like about ourselves. Because sometimes there's a mirror reflecting back at you the qualities that you don't like. This may be true for you, this may be not, so feel free to reject it. But if you can practice loving your partner, your children, your parents, anyone around you, for the things you dislike in them, you're giving a message to the universe. I'm loving despite flaws. I'm loving despite the imperfections. And it helps us recognise that we also can be loved for our imperfections and for the things that we're not perfect with. Because one thing I know know for sure is that we will never be perfect. And the imperfect is the real perfect. So whether the love comes from our partners, parents, children or friends, the more we are eternally open, the more we can feel it. If we are shut down and closed off to receive love, no matter how much others do for us, what they say to us or the way they touch us, we won't feel it because we've blocked ourselves from allowing goodness in. The Receiving Love to Transform Your Relationship program is available now for you to read on my website if you'd like any more information. It's about letting love flow in so you can feel more secure and enjoy your relationship and the love can flow back out. As the saying goes, an empty cup can't overflow so you can't give your love out if you're not full yourself. Which I know that may sound a bit coachy, but it it really is true. And I encourage you to try it and experience it. So I hope you found something useful in today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And looking forward to being with you on another podcast. From my heart to yours, have a great week ahead. Thank you for listening to Divorce Talk with Nicola Beer. If you have enjoyed the program, please leave a rating and review on iTunes so more people dealing with marriage breakdown and divorce get the support they need. If you want more great free resources, such as secrets to a happier relationship, moving on fast after divorce, or tips on parenting through divorce, be sure to visit www.purepeacecoaching.com today.